We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind and what we suspect is the most urgent thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape. Alright, well, welcome to another installment of Create, Copy, Paste, the podcast where we talk about the ups and downs, ins and outs of life here at GKC, a content creation agency based in good old Cape Town, South Africa. My name's Devolt. I'm not here alone. I'm sitting with Holmes on my left. Ahoy. I'm keeping it short today. Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. And then now you got K in the house. Yeah, Holmes, how rude. You don't introduce K. He's just a hoying of But he he introduced, he introduced himself with his, his very chuckle. iconic. <laughs> 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 okay. What's happening, world? Kay here. Um, I guess we're in for another installment of Create, Copy, Paste. Yeah, it takes mm. a while with that name, huh? So you started there for a second. Yeah, I, mm. I always still want to say cut, create, cut, copy. Yeah. Now I don't even know which one to say anymore. It's an ever-evolving name that changes. Which though we have, and that'll come to our topic. So maybe let me not even go there. But um, yeah. Any weekend plans for anyone? Well, I think we all got weekend plans. But what are your plans for the weekend, guys? Anything cool? Saturday night, I'm going to go see an old school punk band that I played when I was like a youngling. It's one of my first albums, so that should be interesting. You know, because I haven't played in like four years or something. Yeah. In Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, in Mercury. Uh, are you gonna go? What's it? Marsh pitting. Well, I, I don't think I've, I've, I have a plan to do such things, but um, uh, you know, if I'm there and people start marching and I'm in it, I might as well be in it to win it. So I'm so not gonna lie. Like my impression of marching was always like, yo, you know, that's just rough. But then like, I went to Ramfest and I was like, yo, this shit's actually yeah. like people are pretty nice about it. There's like Etsy kids to the marching. Like yeah, you know, yeah. if people get down, they stop, they help you up. Like it's a very like I remember my crazy my shit. first like time I saw someone marching, I was just like, yo, that looks rough, and then. Somebody hit the ground, and there were two people just making sure that like somebody else doesn't step on him, and it was like two people helping him up. So, yeah, yeah I was just like, okay, obviously they, they're not there to hurt each other. So yeah, it's just it's got this mm. negative uh, impression of just crazy, crazy people doing crazy shit. I mean, at the end of the day, I enjoy it more than ballerina dancing. So, you I know, know Holmes, that's I, I feel like there's 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 an unhidden truth there where I can catch you at ballerina. <laughs> me and me and my ba- I'm, yo, there's Liam here. <laughs> which some of you might not know about you got but, figure um, skating greatness in the room over here. yeah so i'm not gonna go anywhere close to that yeah okay what are you up to um nothing exciting for nothing nothing really that exciting i suppose it's a bit of diy around the house um i was hoping to go horse riding this weekend <laughs> it's funny because you <laughs> laughed it's <laughs> so bad <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna salvage this because now you need to explain yourself. Ah, <laughs> uh, my man. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem here I th- is. I think let's yeah, okay, elaborate on that. You were looking forward to going horse riding this well, weekend. Uh, hopefully, if the, weather, if the weather's good. I don't understand why I'm being. I feel like I'm being victimized right now and ostracized even. <laughs> so my first job was horse riding. Actually, it was a job. Yeah. So like, I would I would get on a horse in the morning, like early, and then ride around the farm with a horse and make sure that like the fences and stuff's intact yeah. that sounds like a pretty cool first job yeah it was i, I mean it was like holiday job type vibes it was essentially my dad was like as a as a kid i grew up horse riding so you probably enjoy horse riding i was like yeah i don't mind horse riding i've got nothing better to do with my time and he was like well 
yeah, we can pay you to drive or ride around on a, on a horse, and then like, and then you know you get paid. So there's something for you to do. Plus, you get to ride a horse and get paid for it. So it was, was it, it was the same fun. horse every time? Yeah, yeah. So I had like a horse that you created yeah, a I, bond with you and your horse. I mean, I wouldn't say that you know we created a bond. That's quite quite a strong word, but we had a good working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, do you have a favorite horse? <laughs> so this horse riding, uh, you know, activity of yours. Do you have a favorite horse? I'm curious. Well, Let's just touch on this for two seconds, <laughs> and then we'll go back to real stuff. <laughs> but I think I you know people can appreciate the side of you that. Well, I don't think I've developed a quite a relationship with any horse because I mean the horse. Not the type different. of relationship you have with the opera house. No, it's just wait till next week. Next week. Yeah, next you week. see, God, horse riding and opera singing. Damn. You don't know my life. Gosh, <laughs> my <laughs> sophistication. You know, I just feel exactly. You you just bring me up. I feel so. Yeah, sophisticated now. I guess it's hanging out with you. But um, yeah. in terms of horses, though, we did shoot up with a 36-year-old pony last week. Is that right, Dylan? Dylan, Dylan. Liam. Liam. So yeah. I, I think we should explain that because I think it's going to come up a few times as well. Liam or ponies? Liam. Yo. Yeah, the story is long. I think we should going to have to just dedicate a podcast to like the origins of Liam and the story behind <laughs> it. I think let's not... Let's uh, not the rise and rise of Liam. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's build it up a bit more. The cheat sheet goes like this. Dylan, no, 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 Dylan we can't ruin it yet. We can't. But people don't know what we're talking about. Okay, all right, set the scene. Okay, so Dylan, who is our office fixer and assistant. Audio and engineer. And audio engineer. Um, he's named Dylan, and we have a sneaky suspicion that he was once a Canadian ice skating Big figure escape. skater called Liam, and he has gone underground, changed his identity, and now he is he's acting a front. But um, we're on to him. We've, we've, the, we've the, seen the him plot strike thickens, a few moves. The plot thickens, yeah. yeah. So One day it'll all come out. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, guys. So topic of today, I guess, is logos and I guess what makes a good logo, what is a good logo, what the importance of a logo is and anything kind of logo related. So let me get my things of notes here. But yeah, logos. What do you guys think? I guess, you know, Kay, you have a design background. Holmes, you creative director, you know, branding, like. Logos are pretty pretty important, I guess. Obviously, they're, <laughs> they're very important. <laughs> one of the most important things. It will be one of the biggest and most integral parts to to any brand, it's any brand, if you will. The, f- the face of your brand, yeah, really. It's, it's the kind of the first thing that the public will see. The beginning and the end. It's like the. It's. I'd even say above the golden thread. It's kind of, you know, you mm. s- you see logo, you feel brand. You yeah, feel brand, absolutely. you see logo. Yeah, no, the two are the two absolutely interlinked. And more so, the yeah, the logo is the face of whatever it is, whether it be a product, whether it be um, whether it's a physical product, whether it's a brand to something, whether it's an item of clothing. Well, it doesn't matter yeah. if if it's something that is consumer facing or public facing. Even um, the first, the first that that first impression that's ever made is with the logo. I think a company that's done it incredibly well, and I, I. I'd you know be surprised if somebody does it better is a company like Nike who's not only got a really impactful logo um and ticks all the boxes of what makes a good logo but they also have kind of a heritage behind it and when you see that swoosh and the fact that I'm calling it a swoosh just shows you how well it works um you know you see Nike and I can even go you know, if you look at the clothing realm, Nike stands out with the logo. If you go into the sports realm, Nike stands out with this logo. If you go into film, video, like all those types of things, it stands out. 
Um, so yeah, it's actually in the other yeah. one. Th- yes, yeah, the one thing, the other with the Nike logo mm. in particular, like there's actually a story behind yeah. that logo. Whereas yeah. what I think it was the one lady, she kind of did yeah. some sketchups and did it, sold it to them for like twenty dollars. They loved mm. it. They blew it up, and then I think they did eventually give her some shares in the company and yeah. actually, you know, kind of helped her out. Yeah. Mm. Um. Also, interesting thing is the the slogan "Just Do It" has an interesting one. I don't know if you're aware of it. Yeah. Um. There's a guy on it. Um. Who's I, I think he started Nike. I'm not quite sure, but the person who thought of the slogan, which I'm guessing was a founder, um, was on a train ride reading a newspaper article, and the newspaper article had something to do with uh, murder or suicide. And the murderer or the person who committed suicide said something like, just do it. Um, well, the sentence was longer, but it condensed down to just do it. And he found that to be very impactful. And that's kind of the beginning of the Nike slogan, just do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Your slogans, right. We'll touch on slogans mm-hmm. later because that's like the, the written <laughs> logo of a, a company, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I'd, I'd say another another brand that is done successfully is um, one that's rather ubiquitous in our time um, is the Coca-Cola logo. Also, yeah. like when it comes to branding, they probably have one of they've nailed it. They have nailed it. I think I did. A, I read an article a while ago, and they were showing, for example, um, two. Let's take two big beverage companies. So you have Coca Cola on the right hand side, and you'll have Pepsi on the other hand. And if you look at their timelines of their logo development, um, I think Coca Cola has barely made a change since they introduced the logo in the early nineteen hundreds, yeah, and Pepsi has gone to like. Place. 15 mm. odd changes in that timeline mm-hmm. so so i mean aids showing you what happens when you have a really good logo um and i mean not to say that pepsi wasn't bad but obviously the message that that lo- initial logo was conveying to what it is today has gone through so many different changes but, you know it's not necessarily a bad thing for pepsi to change the logo so much in the sense of you know the brand still holds its weight and it, there were reasons for these logo changes yeah, no, like exactly. you look at the yeah. first couple i remember i think i've seen that where the first couple were like crazy ass mm-hmm. like yeah you know stuff and then sure. eventually kind of the last couple have all been in the same realm of things to a degree i think maybe the latest one was a drastic like jump from previous ones or mm-hmm. one of them but um but yeah, having that worth of just having that heritage of another thing with Coke, which is interesting, I think their red color is really prominent, like, and it just like resonates Coca Cola in the sense. I remember it was in Philippines that first like international shoot we did with them, um, yeah, that side where it was right after the typhoon and the hurricane, um, and the destruction, not a hurricane. Any case, so we're driving through the city and it's just destruction everywhere, like cars, everything, houses destroyed, destroyed, like tsunami type shit. And all you see in this one like spot of it is this red Coca-Cola fridge just like still popping out. Like you could just, you can't make out anything else, but there's this one Coke fridge that automatically you're just like, ah, oh, it's a Coke fridge. Yeah. And it was just like, bam, like. It's it's interesting because that color is associated with the, the color of food. If you look at McDonald's, it's also got red. If you look at like KFC, it's got that red. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of, you know, food brands. Wendy's, like Lee, like Wendy's also yeah. look red. Um, yeah, predominantly, yeah. yeah, predominantly in the food brands. One thing I'd like to touch on, though, since we brought the Coca-Cola versus Pepsi thing on, is um, the basic checkbox, or one of the basic checkboxes when it comes to making a powerful logo, and that's timelessness. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're creating a logo, you need to create something that's going to last forever, because as, you know, changing your logo might have benefits if you have to do it um, often. The amount of expenses it has, especially for a company like Pepsi, is like incredible and every time you change the logo you change the face of your brand and it's you know if i had to personify it's a case of me um changing my exterior look if i dye my hair and get a nose job and do this and that and i walk through the door people aren't going to recognize me as easily and when it comes to selling a product that's a problem um 
So yeah, I, th- I think they yeah. just mentioned the other the other check I boxes while we yeah what yeah, makes, what it. makes a good logo or like you know, I mean on my website. on my side I think that I think there's probably about five the five the five ones that I know um, yeah at least the ones that I base a lot of things yeah. around um, simplicity simplicity first first, first and foremost keep it simple stupid. keep it simple keep it simple that's what makes it the most recognizable I think that also goes into versatility as well absolutely which is another one absolutely on the, on the versatility list. is on the list um, and like um, to touch on that like versatility being for instance Nike being you can put it on a clothing yeah, put item on, put it on anywhere you can use it like like multi-use yeah. multi-purpose use yeah okay, cool. um, and I think another one um, uh, simplicity timelessness versatility um, uh, mem- memor- the, word, mem- the, way, the way that it's memorable so it's the uh, like Memorability. Um, yeah, memorability. Mm. That's a word. Yeah, if it is a word. And and I think the last one probably memorable. Appropriate. If it is memorable. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting our English in check. And um, uh, how appropriate the logo is to what yeah. to what the product is. Interesting because okay. I have the exact same list. Yeah. So I probably read the same article. So, or the same you school. You guys really good. School. What makes a good logo into Google? And then this came. No, but I think this is, this is, is, this is kind of universal. universal it's universal yeah. rule. Like universal it's something you'd learn in school like in any college you'd go to they'll tell you the exact thing so let's look at that last one you said appropriability uh, appropriate being appropriate. appropriate yeah so let's touch on that for instance like where you can go literal and have a logo kind of mm. personify or emphasize what your product or service is or i guess i'm guessing from another side it could be well, I think abstract for, what is appropriate i think for, for me for, i think for me what the, the basic thing about um how a logo is appropriate is that you'd have to look at what the logo is going to be used for in the end for example a, a logo for a law firm Okay. It's gonna have to be. It's very gonna have to give you. To it's gonna be very different to how you'd have a logo for um, a kids company that yeah, makes yeah. toys. Yeah. That's what that was. What basically appropriate means, you know, for like a financial services place yeah. or especially uh, like being a creative agency. Yeah, you know, you know like they go more on the. You want to be a bit more there. whimsical, a bit more colorful, yeah. a bit more, you know, a bit more out there. Whereas if you're going to a financial services firm or you're going to a law firm, you know, you don't. You don't want to see a play play in the logo. I guess maybe. it could also, maybe not so much the, the industry, but it's more the brand message of the company. Yeah. For instance, like if yeah. you're an out there lawyer's firm, you want to maybe have I the craziest lawyer quirky, logo yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess your brand message. and It's, it's interesting because, I mean, we can speak for hours and do lots of research on, on this topic of why we associate certain things like being colorful to something that's less professional and being like very rigid and using a serif and so forth to being more like professional. Um, but when it comes to being appropriate, to me, it's a case of understanding the brand. Um, so, I mean, it's essentially what Kay said. It's a case of if you're selling toys, you need to understand what that brand is about, what they are about, who they're talking to, what their, you know, feeling and vibe is, and then creating a logo accordingly. Um, and I think that's that kind of sums it up to me. Mm. So then let's touch on, like, so with logos, I guess, you know, you get the icon versus text or a bit of both, which I think touches on this of appropriability. Like for a lawyer's firm, for instance, you're generally going to go text-based, I guess, where it's like very much playing off typography mm. maybe. Yeah. Whereas for instance, like something else, you might then look at it using an icon or a bit of both. Well, I think, I think once is again... Is icon the right word? Uh, even? Like yeah, well, iconography. I mean, e- either way, because I mean, it's, it's very hard to draw a solid line between the two because at the same time, you can have letters like, for example, KPMG. Um, that essentially is typography, yeah. but it's become a logo. A logo, yeah, yeah. But that's icon. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, so you get Nike, who could be the swoosh, which yeah. is icon, versus yeah. KPMG, which is very much text based, which then is like their logo, but it's still essentially yeah. text. If you, if you look at a logo like Supreme, yeah, it's the word Supreme written in future italic with a bit of bold, I think. Yeah, and, and red leading. That's curtain. it. 
that's it. That's it. Done. That is the the logo. Um, so I guess it's it's an interesting one because it, it depends which way you want to go. Generally, what I do personally is I try to create something for everything, and then in the sense of I create an icon, I create a text based icon, and then I try and yeah. create kind of something that works together. And and if I had to translate it to Nike, I'd create the swoosh, I'd create the Nike typography, and then I'd see how they two live together. Um, that way you just covered on all bases. Yeah. Um, and I guess it also depends on the brief. Like if the yeah. client's like, yo, we rather want to have our words written and legible mm-hmm. instead of, you know, or we want to have scales tipping that could be, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that represents and yada, yada. Because like, I mean, I mean, also like, I mean, let's uh, not forget like the, the name of whatever it is also have a huge part to play in that. So, I mean, like, look, for example, law firms are generally named after people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll be like, more Tabiso and James, you know that's yeah. that's the law institution. Yeah, very multicultural. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, okay, I, I, nice. You man, killed man. it there, dude. Oh, you know, I do try my best, man. New South Africa, New South Africa. But yeah, so yeah, so generally, you know, along those places, you're gonna have names. Whereas when you have something like Supreme, which is a bit more abstract and doesn't necessarily, I think there you'd have a lot more play or something like Nike even for example like I don't know if Nike actually means something is it like a yeah I think it's the goddess of um, speed okay Mm -hmm. there you go so there you look Nike got their shit down dude (laughs) (laughs) they did their research okay but then you look at okay so how about this guy Apple which is literally the name is Apple the logo is an apple, but you so see, that, that wasn't the always an thing. apple yeah, but with, that a pie with a rainbow color. That wasn't always or, or, their logo. Okay, so yeah, it me. Oh, the, the oldest me one here, was the one with I think it was Isaac Newton. He's sitting under a tree, and, and there's an a, apple it was fell. a very, it was a very yeah. elaborate the apple tree. Yeah, under yeah, literally yeah, under yeah, an apple yeah. tree. It's a very elaborate yeah, drawing. It, like, it looked like. But how did they use that logo? Forrest Gump says, "I just bought an investment in an apple orchard." Yeah, that's how based off the logo. Okay, okay. Like, no, yeah. If you look, if that was one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I invested in a little thing called the Apple or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, if you look at that, the initial, the initial logo for the Macintosh that they'd come out with way back, um, that logo is extremely elaborate. It was not right? simple, <laughs> not at all. It was not memorable, and, and it was not timeless. And hence, that that had yeah. needed a change. So now they got this shit together. Now sure. they're on it. Um, so fun fact: the Apple logo, the reason it has a bite in, is to ensure that it's got a frame of reference and not look like a cherry. Uh, That's why the Apple logo has a bite in. But what if it's just a little person biting a cherry? You see, I don't think they thought that far because I don't (laughs) think anybody should think that far. (laughs) How little is this person? (laughs) I think that goes back to the idea of the importance of as soon as you see a logo, it needs to resonate and then you Mm -hmm. look away. Um, So then actually then another part... Sorry, sorry. It's interesting that uh, on that point is a, a case of Google. So, the Google's recent rebranding, the Google logo is just the G, yeah, with the colors. Um, it is that's essentially the Google logo, and I, and they moved it in that direction. I'm guessing because of having the Google app and so forth, they need something that can Square. essentially be an app icon. Um, so a bunch of designers got together and they looked at the new logo, and the first thing they found is that the G isn't actually like a perfect circle as one would expect it to be, especially from a company like Google. And an interesting happens, well, an interesting thing did happen in the case of they put it out to designers and said like, you know, what's up, what's happening? And they looked up in the Google um, documentation of why the G is the way it is. And essentially what they've done is they've elongated the G not to be in a perfect circle because our eyes 
aren't well the best explanation you can get is our eyes aren't actually like created to pick up things perfectly if you if you look at if you think of another way if you walk into a room and there's a coat hanging over a chair you tend to get a fright because you think it's somebody standing in the room um, or if there's a statue, you get a fright because you think it's standing, someone's standing in the room. Our eyes pick up basic shapes. Our eyes don't actually pick up detail on first glance. And the problem with the G logo as a perfect circle is that because the indent of the G, it looks like the G has an overbite. For that reason, they've actually like made it elongated and not perfect so that our eyes pick it up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something important, essentially, like when you're designing a logo, it's a case of don't try and make it perfect. Try and make something that looks good at first glance. Because, um, I, I, I mean, that's the thing I did a lot is I was like, cool, well, this needs to be a perfect circle because I am a perfectionist and I want it to be perfect. But that's not always the way to go. And then you're the kind of people that made it into brand Bibles that we now get for logos, which is something we can touch on. Because like, I know once or twice mm-hmm. we've received a brief from a client and then we have to do, you know incorporate their logo or their CI. And to do that, they send us this big-ass brand Bible, which pretty much outlays every single particular about how the logo can go on this, on that. How it will coexist with other things. And I think I remember for the World Design Capital, I saw the logo book for that one. And, dude, it was, like, insane. Like, just this, like, literally the size of, like, a Bible. Well, I think think, think that the brand Bible is important. I mean, it's what we touched on in the beginning of this conversation in that the logo, your logo is so important to whatever brand, product. It's, It's the first thing someone's going to see and the last thing you want is to get that message distorted in any way or formal yeah. means the last thing you want is somebody taking your facebook profile picture and then editing in a big fat pimple on your forehead same but the, the thing same. behind this brand bible is like how much of it is actual for functionality and function kind of thing and how much is just kind of the designers being like yo cool let's make an extra buck if we do this we can kind of you know put together this whole manuscript because for instance i'm saying like the Nike jobs that we have done, I've never gotten a brand Bible. It's more like, you know, creative director saying like, cool, the Nike symbol looks good. And there wasn't like these rigid standpoints. Yeah. So mm. like something like that, or as opposed to like other things, like for instance, I saw that article on like logo designs and how much mm. certain logos have cost to make. And like, for instance, the Nike one was very cheap, but then you look at the BP logo and literally the cost of the new BP logo was over $300 million, which means somebody to justify that had to now go and make a brand Bible so thick probably mm. that they were like, well, this is where our $300 million sure. is. Sure, uh, well, yeah, man, look, so, uh, don't hate don't hate the player, <laughs> you know? I'm not hating no, them, I'm just asking, like, I you know. I hate the so game. The brand, I'm just more the, the brand, brand Bible, like how much of it is like, cool, this is legit something, or it was just kind of something I th- that... I think every big brand has a brand Bible. No, for sure, I th- without a doubt. I think it's if you're going to do a rebranding, you, you want that brand Bible because that brand Bible is going to essentially set the pace for that logo until it ends. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's hard okay. to justify why you pay so much for certain logos compared to other logos. And at that, like when it comes to the sp- specific, you know, ROI on that, generally it's a case of, look, if you're working with a big brand, chances are you're going to charge more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I um, mean, and I'm sure, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, um, and I also think it's a case of, like, you know, even though you might not get the Nike brand Bible, they're sitting with a brand Bible no, at them and they one. make like, sure that stuff is, don't you know, get me wrong on that. perfect. But it's also yeah. then like, you know, the, like how strict are some brands on it? And then in that sense, like what is the importance? I'd just of like it to, I'd just like to get back to the, the 300 million uh, logo for Please. BP. Yes. Um, also, you must understand, that I, th- I think, especially with big corporations and multinational corporations like that, the, the way that I can imagine the agency would have justified, they would have had focus groups. 
I mean, this, you, you, yeah. you, they would mean they would have yeah, had, like, gone research and done studies. Like, three hundred I mean, million really, dollars. Like, three hundred million look, dollars. Look, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't. I can don't think you could. I, personally, I could never quite justify. Like, just, yeah, I want to see, I wanna see the invoice. I want to see what this. Yeah, what it, what the line breakdown is. Don't get me is. wrong. The logo is complex, and you no, can probably yeah. fluff it up to make it. You know, sure, a big amount. But I'm just like curious. Yeah, no, three hundred million is ridiculous. Like, it's like a building working on one logo. I'd love to see the itemized bill for that. I really would. I also think it's like as as you say in the sense that there's an agency working with massive ass focus groups and they're getting research done and you know there's like a team of people working on it which at the end of the day it's a case of sure somebody else could have done it but they didn't yeah you know it's like saying yeah i could have made the wheel but, but I you did didn't. It. <laughs> so, you know, no hate to BP, but I'm just, you know, is then, is BP logo the, oh my God, yo, that logo must have cost Is it the most amazing logo we've ever seen? No. The, the it's a pretty badass logo. Is it nice? Hell yeah. yeah. And it could, you know, we don't know the story behind it. Maybe somehow that 300 million is justified and it makes sense. Sure. I'm just really curious about it. That's why I'm not hating on it. Mm, yeah, curious. no, I, I get you. I think the latest Pepsi logo, um, the brand Bible for that, I think you can get it online somewhere, is such a lach in the sense of, the brand bible states how they got the curvature of the pepsi logo and it goes deep it goes into like they went into the astronomy and the curve of (laughs) the star moving or like the moon moving around the earth and that curve also is found naturally in nature for this and this and for these reasons we feel it gets so deep and it's actually such a laugh reading at it because it's like guys you literally just took a pen tool in illustrator clicked Clicked and dragged, and you got a curve. Don't hate now. You're hating him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right, I, I see why. I see here. why people can be like that's you know a bit too far. But at the end of the day, they did that research, and I didn't do it. So yeah. they get paid. And that would it. be a dope piece of content to make if you had to now make the story of the logo and like yo, you can do yeah. constellations, 3D. You could just go all out on that. And then people it, be like, yo, my man, why'd you make this like? <laughs> you know, it's just a circle, right? Looks like a yin yang symbol. I mean, at the end of the day, it's also a case of if you're gonna buy a painting from Van Gogh or a mm. painting from my sister that hasn't like any career or so in art, and somebody who's like massive in art. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a price tag. Yeah, I'm pretty sure these people aren't new in the business. So, yeah, have you guys seen the the Netflix abstract series? Um, the documentary piece on like six various industry creatives. Oh no, no, no! Maybe mentioning it. So one of them is Ralph Fiennes, and I think it's Ralph Fiennes. Um, and he's like the designer for like um Hyundai or one of the big like cars. So he does car designs, and you get the guy who's pretty much does Nike Jordan and Air Jordans, Mm -hmm. and like that sneaker guy Mm -hmm. side of it. And then the other one was this illustrator who then did the New York cover and like augmented 3D reality shit. But like for instance, taking those big names and getting them to commission to do the logo for you would then obviously cost you a pretty penny at the end. That's cash. Three hundred million dollars. I don't know. Uh, okay, if that's the case, my man, we get you better. I'm moving out. I mean, it just back to like basic um, designs and how and how um, how design is ubiquitous in our society. I mean, like for example, one of the nicest ones that I've always always thought of is like the New York the New York subway system. Um, they they the, the two design the two de- design partner yeah that's the, if you watch the documentary the rise of Helvetica like that's yeah. that's well, that's huge plays a huge role in that and I mean like I said are we going on about like how can something cost so much and how can yeah. 
it's the research in it, and and and, and that, look, I, once again, I can't justify how much someone will charge yeah, millions yeah. or whatever. But you it can is. also can't but justify how much a Van Gogh painting costs. So. You see, so I, I, now you're saying a BP logo is a Van Gogh, which I'm it, like, it, it is the Van Gogh of our modern time. It it's is probably it, it really, really one of the maybe most they seen did logos. it for PR, and they're like, guys, if we put an extra zero on this logo, people will be like, yo, they went crazy. No such thing as bad people. So all you should do is you should make it really. I mean, okay. We should just make a big ass. I don't want to hit, but remember when the Instagram logo came out? The new one, the one with like the gradient and the colors, and everyone was like hating hard. So much hate. Flat design. And I was also like, yo, this logo looks fucking skits ugly. What What are they thinking? It's not like flat design. It's got a gradient. It's got these wacky colors. It's not what you expect it to be blue like Facebook and Instagram was. And now when I look it's at the synonymous. logo, it's so it's synonymous. It's so good. It's Instagram they logo. Paid, they paid so much. Which I think also comes to to the point of don't expect your logo to succeed, mm. As, especially if you're changing. Your logo is not going to succeed until it's lived a while. So, yeah. and it also comes to the point then of like balancing up resources. Like you know, if you've got three hundred million to spend on a logo, then like you know, mm. cool, go ahead. But like if you're a startup or something, like don't hold up all your stuff just because you're trying to make the most perfect logo. logo then, no, like, yeah, yada, no, yada, yada, absolutely like, not. But also but keep then, it simple, memorable, time and versatile and appropriate. Because so, so many brands just just they they get a cheap designer pay them very little money and they get a logo that they need to change yeah, I, I mean another another g- yeah, another. um it just so happens to be all of these oil and petrol companies but um michelle the their their timeline of their logo also is i mean it's it's been essentially the same for the hundred odd years they've been around but it's also gone through a, it's gone through quite a bit of changes like little things through time so like like you were saying earlier having a logo change is not necessarily a bad thing i mean it isn't um depending on what message you're trying to convey and i think with shell over the timeline it's been trying to stay um abreast in that time and yeah. try to remain relevant at that point you know um as you look through because like they, once again the initial shell logos were like hand sketched and yeah. drawn and then as time went on you know they started adding color to it then it became the white the yellow and the red um until we get back to now and the shell logo has been so simplified it's in there now it lives in a space of flat design mm-hmm. um perfect like good symmetry behind it um, and I can't imagine how much they've spent we're, changing we're, their logo. If you're also comparing companies like Coke and Shell that have been around since pretty much yeah. you know corporate yeah. capitalism yeah. started, so they yeah. pretty much were the ones trying to figure out how and what is mm-hmm. a good logo yeah. and company design. Mm-hmm. Also, if you look at like, I mean, we're going back to digital now is, is Facebook. If you look at Facebook's logo, it's changed so many times, but nobody's ever gone on about Facebook's logo change because it has been super subtle and it's just been keeping up with the times Absolutely. compared to Instagram that did like a complete overhaul. So, and if you look at Coke's logo as well, there's, you know, the chart case spoke of where the logo hardly ever changes, but changes and the core logo does stay very much the same. But at the end of the day, they've added like a bit of a flare at the bottom. They took that away at some point that had, you know, it written slightly Yeah, the ligatures like, changed yeah, slightly. So but it's like, and like these, all three of the, those brands, Shell, Facebook, um, Coke, like one thing that also they haven't per se changed is the color of it and like, you know, the colors that they associate with. Yeah. Mm. And then I want to like bring up like a brand like Tiffany's where they've literally copyrighted their blue and that's like the Tiffany's blue where, you know, you see that color and you don't need to see anything else. Mm. And you're like, ah, oh, Tiffany's. Like, Which I have a problem with. How can we start copywriting colors now? You know, like, you come up, you yeah. could, I mean, Apple can invent <laughs> a new black. <laughs> true, true, then, you know, true, true, You got the hate on again. Guys, true. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you know. Yeah, the thing cool. is, how do you come up with a color? 
like to copyright it? Like what hexadecimals are you creating? Like what's how? This is what I'm asking. How do you copyright? Like who you gotta pay? Color? <laughs> who, who, who do you talk to? <laughs> Like, cause um, what? Literally, people are now not allowed to use no, that I can't color use blue. for. But I can, I can see, I can see, like in in business, whereas um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Sorry, okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure that the the copyright is you know limited to when it Jewelry. comes to this specific product yeah. within this specific industry. This specific color cannot be used to promote gonna, a logo brand or whatever. I'm gonna do so. more research on Tiffany's mm, color because yeah. like, I'm just curious. It is. I like the color, so I'm like, yeah, but. No, it's nice. It's like baby blue. And then you look at our side, then actually cool. So let's plug it a bit here. But um, like the GKC logo, like from Grandkids Collective, we went with a kind of more bluish teal kind of undertone yeah. accent color to a new Perps Royal Burgundy. Oh, Burgundy Perps. Burgundy Perps. Which we yeah. which is copyright trademark. That's ours. Burgundy Perps. Burgundy Perps. Burgundy Perps. We own that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, once again, I think, I mean, that's actually a good thing you brought up. I mean, we, we went through a rebranding recently and I mean, maybe ours was a, maybe some would consider our rebranding a tad, a tad bit drastic. But essentially, the core values of the company have remained the same. We didn't change the name of the company. I think it was more of staying, a staying abreast with the times, and b seeing our our shift and focus had we changed. We yeah. repositioned ourselves. We repositioned ourselves. We rebranded. So we had to. A, yeah. And then look at us. We went from kind of text based, the Grandkids Collective, which is minimal iconography, some lines here and there. Yeah. To now with GKC, the more older one tool being an icon, and that Absolutely, represents yeah. us and stands for what we kind of you know exactly, purposeful yeah. content. Um, and this is all stuff that we also then considered, for instance, you know, for social media, t- talking in square format, like, yeah. you know, can we put an icon? Can we put the text? Like all these kind of, I think yeah, like we addressed all these points. Did we, we did, address yeah. all these yeah. points? When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, because I don't I mean, know who designed it, but they were dope. Yeah. I'd give the give those guys a give, give those guys a high five. Three hundred million. Three hundred million. I hope I hope <laughs> others like the logo as much. But then, cool. Let's talk about a brief for a logo in that sense so and be- how that kind. Before of... Before we hit on, I do want to backtrack a bit to the brand bible. Yeah. And one of the important things of the brand bible actually touches with the checkpoint of being versatility. Yeah. And I think versatility goes a little further than just um being able to be printed on different things, yeah. but also being able to be printed on different sizes. So, for example, they say if you create a logo, you must actually create it on the back of a matchbox or on a postage stamp because that's like the smallest your logo Gym, should yeah. appear and it should still be legible at that point. Is but it, then also yeah. like it needs to be legible on a billboard. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. And the brand Bible generally are, like lays these things out. Your logo cannot be smaller than this and this. Um, the spacing between the sides can't be more than this and this or less than this and this and then also a case of a light versus a dark background which also means your logo needs to be able to be printed in one color um so these are all these are all things you know take into consideration it's not like they're set in stone like this is what things need to be because i actually then want to say like you know nowadays especially with this new digital social media platforms like the spaces where logos need to live has increased like dramatically Absolutely. from like yeah. you know your yeah, squares your thumbnails to like you know every t- now. so now for companies to particular like you know redo their whole brand mm. design bible isn't quite as you know it's literally had to the shift has come in the last yeah. couple of years um which also then kind of it also comes down to screen sizes because screen sizes change yeah. which means these specifications are continuously changing um so I do think brand Bibles are very traditional in the sense of it's more applicable for print and you know the basics of what colors are allowed to work with what that colors. were available in terms yeah. of how pixel densities and whatnot. Absolutely. And like, um, 
But anyway, yeah, that, I just want to mention that. Yeah, yeah, I forgot now what we were talking about before. Briefs. Yeah. Briefs coming from clients. And I won't like go in too deep on this, but maybe just the way kind of in the process that, you know, we've done quite a couple of logos now here being GKC, Grand Kids Collective, Thelonian Studios, and Selects, One Dog Like there's been a bunch of these. Mm. Like what's our process, I guess, generally when we do logos, like I kind of know it, but maybe Kay Holmes, you guys say from start to finish when, when we come up and we're like, guys, cool, we need a logo for this. Like create, copy, paste actually is a good example where now that was literally the last couple, you know, week or two. Um, yeah. um, I suppose, I suppose, uh, who, uh, I suppose our, our, our ethic is generally always the same. First, it's what, what does the name say? I mean, it sounds yeah. stupid, but I just want to say I backtrack to. I think it's different because a lot of those logos mentioned are internal logos, like mm-hmm. it's logos for this podcast, it's logos for. The agency no, no, this is what I want to bring up, like how thing. we came up with yeah, those yeah. particular. I'm not like. I think it's different when it's when you're talking with a client. Yeah. In the sense of if you're talking with a client, it's a case of, you know, understanding their wants and needs because unfortunately, the client probably has a pre yeah, preconceived we've, we've idea. Been the client, or like you know personally sometimes i'm the client where i'm like i feel like i'm the client and you guys are trying to you know mm. give me options in that sense but then with that for instance like i know a lot of the times we come with like multiple options and then from there we like kind of narrow yeah. it down and we like yo we like this and we like that and you know internally we discuss about cool what do we want to bring across with this logo and like what does the brand stand for and what kind of options mm. in terms of iconography can we explore and if so what colors so maybe then breaking down generally we go for you know, icon slash typography, like that kind of breakdown. Yeah. We go for kind of color palettes, which I think, especially recently with the create, copy, paste, yeah, that color one has a lot huge. more like prominence. Um, uh, on top of that, then typography, what kind of fonts are we mm-hmm. going? Are we going serif, sans serif? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I, I think. I think. I think. I think. I think Herman was just trying to get there at that point. He said, "Whether you, whether we are our own client or we would be having an external client, first and foremost, are you trying to get what message they're trying to convey." from from a logo i think that is that you can't go anywhere until you have figured that part whether whether joe bob is making gears or it's um Sfiso making um uh, kids dolls or or nancy who bakes cakes what is she trying to get they what are they trying to get out of this logo that's i think whether that's also point. like where is this logo going to live yeah keeping in mind versatility it needs to be able to live everywhere at the end of the day you know if it's living as a digital platform like Facebook or as a, you know, food or drink, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, or as a streetwear brand, Supreme, um, you need to understand kind of where is this logo going to live, what's this logo's competitors, and so forth. Because you, 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 yeah. yeah, you need to know, you know, who, what's this logo going to be compared to, essentially. Um, and I think that's, that's important to understand before you even pick up a pencil or a pen. Mm. So then on that, almost like almost finding references of kind of possible, like for instance, you know, we looked at when we did the GKC rebranding, other companies in the same sphere or industry that we're doing and cool logos that they're doing and how they're like yeah. presenting themselves Absolutely. for this podcast. We yeah. kind of looked at other podcasts and saw how they were doing it or like the size of it there, I think was particularly important just because on a phone, your square is like a couple of pixels by a couple of pixels square yeah, mm-hmm. where your text really needs to pop or you just go icon or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah so i guess where it lives yeah where it lives yeah where it li- yeah the way where, where it lives yeah i mean uh, w- once again i mean there, there's so many there's so many things to consider long before you've picked up the pen like mm. before you've started sketching before you've started whatever you're in photoshop or illustrator long before that you definitely need to figure out these these few fundamentals where it's living um what messages it's trying to convey 
um, is it appropriate? Is it appropriate? Once again, it all back comes to our checklist. back back to the checklist. And this is long before you even like like I said before you even started designing anything. Yeah. Until you understand those few fundamentals, then you you probably can a it's gonna take you a lot longer to get to the final product. Or b when you do get to the final product, you will be off. So what are some good resources? And actually, like if we're talking about like kind of this checklist is a obviously good to go by. But then for instance, like Adobe's got Color, I believe is K U yeah. K U L yeah Color. Color yeah. What has it spelled? It's color. K-U-L-E-R. K-U-L-E-R by Adobe. And that one's dope because you just literally yeah. pick a color, slash two, three colors. It just then gives you random variations. in an image and then it gives you colors based off of that yeah. image. So I found that we've used that a bunch of times. So it's just complementary colors and like mm. kind of, that was yeah. very helpful. I, I think, I mean, once you understand the, the, the brand and what the logo needs to achieve, then from there, there's no right or wrong. But what I generally find to be easiest, um, even though that wasn't the case for, for create copy paste, is to completely forget about the color palette until you actually have a design down that mm-hmm. knocks out all the other checklists. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're working with a logo that that should be simple enough and should be versatile enough to be printed in one color, yeah, yeah, the then changing that color, you know, it is, is easy at the end. It's not like. And then also once you have have the shape and the form, certain colors play well together compared to other colors that play well. And I think that's something we saw with this logo we did now is, you know, at the end we started moving around colors that we've already decided upon, you know, what that scope is. Um, so yeah, I, I almost want to say I, I always do my colors last. Yeah, colors are well, yeah, myself. Yeah. Colors last. So anytime I do any logo development, it's always black and white first. Always. Sometimes I change it up and make it a navy blue. <laughs> then, like, then we and switch white. it up. Where, like if we look at create copy the current logo we have, like we base that off of the colors that and the logo was dictated based on our color palette in that sense because the three stripes, like the actual breakdown of the colors, like if we didn't know we had those three four colors, we wouldn't have tried that per se. So like yeah, no, no. I get that you, it comes at the end to a degree, and that's not. No, that, that's, but it can still have an impact. Yeah, on your yeah, actual no, huge logo impact. I mean, I don't think like I think it's what Herman was saying. There is no, there is no right and wrong yeah. to mm-hmm. how to how in, in what order these things happen in the development of the logo. Um, I just feel like as long as you following those five cornerstones of logo design. Then, yeah. then so yeah. what other resources I get? This is what oh, I'm resources. trying to, I was trying to find resources. out like what other like cool we got Adobe Color for Color Palace. We got the checklist, I mean, so we do that. Yeah, I'm like, like what other things do you guys whatever use? whatever you do whatever you can research. Yeah. Um, we both know. just downloaded Adobe Capture Capture on your phone. That's pretty cool. Nice. I haven't tried that. I'm what gonna is try that? that out. It's an app that you can do essentially what Cooler does by just pointing your camera at something. Um, and it also captures yeah, materials, materials it captures fonts, fonts it captures, which is basically like a library of like of references and stuff. Like whenever mm. you go out, I mean, as as creatives, when when I leave the house and I'm walking down the street, um, it's the weirdest thing. And I'm, I'm maybe I speak for myself. Yeah. Like no, I look no, at a billboard and I can 100%. pick up like like fonts. Fonts is something that is so weird to me now. Like and I then the kernings will fuck up. I mean, I'm looking at that's the thoughts first to be like, oh, okay, no, they, they, those words are too close to there. So that's where the references are coming from already. Like um, how you gather these. I mean, like I said, mine come from the outside world, magazines that I'll read, online publications. Um, lo- another resource that's pretty good to mention is What the Font. Yeah, that, that that's done. That's pretty cool. But now Capture does that. Yeah, Capture does that, but I guess at the end of the day, if you have an, uh, an image to upload... Yeah, what yeah. the font, in case anyone's wondering, is a website where you literally just drop in a photo of a, a picture that has fonts in it, and then it somehow does some analytics and gives you a font that it thinks is similar to yeah, the one that is being It gives you, know, you, a, you know, a bunch of fonts to choose from. And I think the great thing about that is it gives you fonts that are super similar. So, I mean, I recently uh, wanted to know what a font was, 
um, for a movie poster. I dropped it in and it gave me two fonts, of which we, one ended up being the Mercedes-Benz font, funny enough, and the other one being Adele Sands. And they're very similar, but they're you know they're different in their own way. And the more you kind of work with fonts and and you know do those types of things, the more you kind of pick up on different things within fonts. Mm. I can honestly say the f- the and this is going to be very font geeky, but the letter that always you know irates me is a G. G. A G. Because a G is can look really nice or really damn ugly. Or I also go with um uh, I have two. It's it's S because yeah, the way the, the, the bend curves. of the the mm. bend of the S. Like that, that already like changes yeah. the depending yeah. on what font you use. You can look that, ugly, that font or you can look with all your C's and your, you know, anywhere yeah. there's other kind of yeah, uh, anywhere yeah, where the ligatures really, really mm. like make a profound difference. That's an A, A, yeah, the, like little, little letter A. But I think it's yeah, the same as caps G, and take the caps and, and lowercase. Yeah. That's also when you're like, ah, looks dope in caps. And then when you're like, cool, I need this in lowercase. You're like, oh, shit. doesn't quite work. I think it depends on like the g and the a in the sense of is it the old school g or the new school oh, with loop g loop. or the a yo is it the a that's you know your yeah. helvetica a or has it got that like serif a uh, yeah yeah no that's um, exactly so it that's interesting uh, another font i guess is geeking out on fonts but i promise this is the last one railway i love that font until i started picking up on the w the w does it weird it cross, got that cross that cross at the top it, it's like, and ah, just gets me nah yeah so, so maybe go check <laughs> that out ago, maybe. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the whole hipster the hipster generation I also think fonts have have history and this kind of goes back to why you'd pay 300 milli for a for a logo I guess where that goes the font why would you pay 300 milli <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know why. but I get what you're saying yeah yeah do some fonts to. out there how expensive do you wait no except, fonts except, get expensive. except bearing in mind that a company company big companies will actually have, have a, a font, font. Yeah, whatever yeah, font yeah. created but for like, fonts. and that costs money that's cash yeah so you can make your own custom font and then you can buy fonts and yeah. then how much is like okay you would know this best like the most expensive fonts out well, there. What oh, look, you, you're looking at a thousand dollars yeah thousand thousand like, dollars yeah. the most expensive font I've seen is probably like two thousand two thousand dollars but that's like <laughs> that's what I'm saying I never knew that like up until a couple of years ago that fonts are actually two thousand dollars for font dude Thirty thousand. I mean, today we were when we were with, um, like Herman was saying earlier about the the font he was looking for for the movie poster, and we found that it's the the one which is used by Mercedes Benz. I think corporate that, S. Yeah, corporate. I S think S. they have corporate S, corporate E, and corporate yeah. A. Yeah, yeah, corporate A yeah. E S, and they those. I mean, corporate S was going for like I think it was seven hundred and fifty dollars. Seven ninety nine. For. For a font, <laughs> like yeah. you know, but and it's not remember, like you can like, just Google this and actually find a place to download these fonts for free. But you know, <laughs> like yeah, no, no. Yeah, no it's a, you, yeah, it's that a could struggle. never happen. It's a struggle. What's it? Font squirrel. Font squirrel's a good one to look at, but you're not gonna find that font. There. <laughs> you're not finding it. The font squirrel, that's for sure. The font. Shout out to the font, but you're not finding it there either. Um, uh, but yeah, as as a I think I was always go- going to say is, is fonts also have a history. In the same way that logos have a history, fonts also have a history. And mm. I think the most interesting one to me that I know of is Futura. Mm. Um, used by Supreme today and probably best known by Supreme today. But Futura was actually created in Germany in World War Two, mm. And it was used in Germany... Um, in the same way Helvetica was used that it is very like legible, especially compared to the old German fonts that had like really strong ligatures and I mean you can correct me on this, but they were like really, you know, slab serify yeah. back in the day because that's kind of what the Hitler wanted. Person. Hitler wanted that font. 
and also that's, that's and also and also let's not let's not forget that guys we now live in a digital age which is which is completely yeah. different to back yeah. then where everything was typeset. You only so, saw X amount of fonts a day. So and like and it. and also with the typesetting, I mean, if you, if anyone knows what a type like what an old school typeset place with like does printing for books or newspapers, someone had to make little metal blocks that were like made yeah. out and how Start, those print up ink and press, press down onto something else mm. yeah. made a huge difference. So yeah, and that's that's, that's where serif fonts and why we have sans serif. Mm. Sans serifs began because we didn't have to, you know, cut out those <laughs> essentially yeah. gui- guidelines from wooden blocks mm-hmm. anymore. So we we started having sans serif fonts. Anyway, and then um, more fun talk. The the future, yeah, future didn't want to future. Um, they didn't want to use future because um, Hitler essentially felt that the font is not German enough and not good enough, and it was about to die out in Germany. Um, but at, luckily, at that point, it's kind of made its way over the border and to other places in the world. But it was still kind of shunned because of you know its origin and World War Two. And then only later on, it was picked up because of you know the way it looks, and then slowly started seeping its way back into the design, and now it's massive. So. Future ne- nearly didn't make it, but sure, here it good is. Good old Futura from Rags to Riches, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah straight on. Another one, Helvetica. There's a whole documentary yeah. on there. Yeah, like, shout out to Helvetica. Interesting. Won't touch into it too much. If you are interested, go check it out on YouTube. Big shout out to but, Helvetica. Um, yeah, I guess then what's just the other one thing I do want to touch on was kind of thumbnails these days and almost how you know if we're talking about logos and logos being a you know straight representation of a brand. I feel like thumbnails are, they're not necessarily logos, but they are now very heavily getting associated with, you got to do mm. a dope ass thumbnail or a title, for instance, for a piece of content. And because they're coming out so much that, you know, you still now all of a sudden got to start treating these thumbnails and titles with a lot more kind of, they're just coming up a lot more. So you got to take mm. them more serious because more people are going to see them. Um, so maybe because like I looked at ours and I actually literally got it sent a screenshot of uh, like my personal website and the, my portfolio there. And I looked at the other day and I was like, yo, looking pretty nice. And all of them have the text on every portfolio um, item. And the client literally sent me a screenshot of that. And they were like, yo, who does your text? And you're like, outline like your, your product stuff. Because we also need that for our kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, like I look at all our titles mm. on all our projects. And generally they are kind of treated as logos a lot of the time for like mm. our Copper Ashes film. We literally hand like did our own font for yeah, that. Know, Melody mm. of Bearings got mm. cool shit. Ruben's got like, you know, mix this and that. All the least stuff has... Um, there's also very much yeah. we pay attention to the titles oh we have to like, like once again it's I mean, part of that branding process yeah i think it's interesting because we look at like um let's stick to to youtube because i think, think that's the most interesting i think vimeo is very different to youtube hence i'm kind of naming youtube mm. um it's interesting because if you look at a thumbnail on youtube for a video it's generally got a certain look that goes with a certain genre and in a way that thumbnail is a logo for that for that video but also an extension of that channel's brand which is interesting because if you look at for example gaming videos compared to blogging or vlogging videos they each have their kind of own sense and style um and then if you look at something like mashable or um jimmy fallon or whatever they kind of have a very consistent thing going because they need to pump it out all needs to look the same all needs to look professional um yeah, I think so I was yeah. trying to get on that as well, where like a company's CI then now is getting largely implemented into a lot mm-hmm. of their content or their thumbnails because essentially those thumbnails are an extension of their yeah. logo yeah, and their brand. Yeah, very much so. And creates, yeah, that consistency. Whereas Homes, mm-hmm. and you're going to touch on it now, like Vimeo, what's the difference in that sense? I think when it comes to Vimeo, it's a lot less about an extension of the channel 
and a lot more of an extension of the film itself. Yeah, the individual yeah. piece, actually. Then. I think Vimeo has targeted its point as a place for filmmakers to showcase their work and a lot less about just creating content and, you know, funny videos, cat videos, vlogging, gaming videos. Yeah, you're not getting any web series as mm. well on Vimeo where you would yeah. need a more consistent mm. CI-driven yeah. thumbnail presence. So I think it's, it's a lot more about what the film's look and feel is and a lot less about the person or the brand. Um, that's behind the actual film. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I guess just to re- reach on that for a little bit, um, like for instance, our campaigns where, you know, clients are coming with a campaign they want to do and it then becomes a whole, almost doing this checklist of cool, mm. where's the campaign going to live? Who's going to see it? All that stuff, which yeah. then dictates the campaign CI, which, you know, essentially then plays off onto mm. the actual content that gets produced for the I think an interesting campaign. thing with a campaign CI as well is, is generally there's a brand behind that campaign and that brand needs to have some sort of FaceTime and I think more and more we're seeing how brands I think in the beginning I think this is something we'll probably talk about in in the future podcast hopefully maybe sometime but um back in the day brands were all about being super disruptive and standing out because they had an encapsulated market and it was a case of hey here I am look at me I am Apple hey here I am look at me I am you know baby powder whereas today brands because of of all the brands doing that now, and that's kind of become the norm, there's so much clutter that brands have taken a backseat. Um, going for the consistency. And going for like, and cons- like something that's a bit more subtle, which yeah. Red Bull, I think, does superbly well in the sense of you watch a video on a Red Bull channel, not because you want to drink Red Bull or because of the Red Bull logo or because they're shouting at you, but because you actually want to see the content. Content um, marketing, which yeah. is a whole other topic that we'll exactly. touch another day. And I think when it comes... That. It's interesting though, yeah, yeah, the whole relation between disruptive is now mm. shifting to a more yeah. CI content marketing. Um, and I think when it comes to a CI for a campaign, the campaign has its own logo. Yeah. Um, back in the day, you know, you'd stick your brand's logo on there and, it, you know, you'd drown it in your brand's um, mm. CI whereas today a lot of people are like cool this is a campaign CI the campaign Entity needs its own it. logo and and that's where that checklist becomes a little less you know important because it doesn't need to be as timeless because this campaign's going to run from this it's month to this month space of time. Mm-hmm. So and it's got a it's needs to be memorable only between this time and this time and it needs to be you know appropriate for this specific thing in place and then the other thing is how does that live with the brand logo because yeah. at some point they're going to have to be See, next that's to what's other. interesting the whole time and this was kind of the thumbnails for different pieces mm. of content and how they're doing it you know the timelessness of a brand versus the not so timelessness of a campaign but at the mm. same time they ne- most likely need to live together or at least align to some degree yeah. whereas yeah it's like it's but that gap between mm. them is probably getting more and more now exact campaigns are their own entities where yeah. it could be like you're going to have a lawyer company that does this you know they don't really do campaign campaigns but if they did they might mm. then do a whole crazy other logo sure, where yeah, yeah. the two yeah. can't even be seen together per se absolutely um, no, no. which is a whole yeah. other design challenge or it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of develops yeah. especially yeah i, I mean I, I guess we can talk about it because sunlam's already been putting stuff out but we recently shot some of the sunlam two minute shower song stuff and they have a complete ci for their two minute shower songs and sunlam has taken a bit of a back seat and I think Sunlam as a company that's, you know, a lot more professional than singing two minute shower songs in a shower has a whole different look and feel yeah. to the actual. And I guess that's shout out to King James because they're, they're handling that. We just did the, the video content for that. Um, but, you know, the, the two live together well, but they also live together on their own. 
So I think that's, you know, a very current good example of what's what's happening. That's a whole other topic where we're looking at now. And it's almost content marketing to a Mm -hmm. degree where you're getting your insurance companies and that kind of stuff getting involved in a lot more just content which normally you know like i wouldn't be surprised if a lawyer firm all of a sudden is dropping dope content that isn't quite associated with them but just the you know content marketing aspect of it i mean i think that that goes back to i'm just going to touch on briefly because it's quite off topic but insurance companies and banks and so forth having to do ads that speak about everything except money because people don't relate to money Mm -hmm. but they relate to you know emotions like raising a horse from its birth or taming a lion or whatever it may be and then you know creating a metaphor for (laughs) for what we do with your money um so i think it's they you know these financial companies are at the forefront of doing that because they've kind of been forced to do that a lot earlier yeah. than their product isn't as tangible brand. that yeah. you can you're getting excited for and life no insurance one wants to, yeah no no we weren't lost on someone said yo i got so excited for that life insurance man let's, let's emotive, talk about that show some emotive cinematic yeah, stuff absolutely. and you're like yo that's no, deep that's what was that for oh, life insurance uh, yeah exactly, exactly. i gotta exactly. get me some of that <laughs> i need some of that <laughs> i think coronation is a good example as well because coronation at one point had had the this you know people working overtime or whatever and they just very simply said you know you we know you work hard for your money so let us you know work hard for you type thing it was cool yeah alan gray alan gray also shout out to alan gray they've also like a they 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 shift in in um how they once again, financial services, and yes, they're we're essential. Looking, we're looking at the petroleum industry side of it, where it's yeah. $300, $300 for a logo type. You know, they've got somebody's doing that stuff, and they're trying to yeah. do it right, and they've like, sure. got the money to back like mm. how to make yeah, financial so, yeah. services look yeah. cool. And like, once again, Alan Gray, nice logo. Alan Gray is dope, yeah. Great logo. Once again, just their names. Dude, I think uh, they also know. do a lot of that, like always the advertising when you come back yeah. from Cape Town, Joburg, it's always like on the left when you're coming down that hall is like financial. And dude, like HSBC, dude, they do some dope. Yeah, like, yeah, no, dude, some of the up. dopest like, stuff I've seen is like always the HSBC. I'm like, yo. Quiche. Bank. I don't even have an account with them yet, but now I would. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I would. They always <laughs> touch my heartstrings, yo. And they got good content, but yeah. Also, yeah. um, I think an interesting thing to touch on is as a you know designer in your own right okay and i i can honestly say this is something that's happened to me is have you ever seen a logo of a company or you know or you know a brand and then you go that's a shit logo i want nothing to do with them they will not have my business and you walk across the street to a place that's probably more expensive for less but their logo is better and then you just because of that logo just doesn't work no yeah no <laughs> it's that face it's, it's that face of that it's the first thing you see it's mm. it's it's very really hard for me to define it it's like yeah should logo will be, be the difference for me like but then again i don't know how I, but I, i'm looking at a very professional level and i can and if we break it down even more simply i think that's how it works to someone who isn't a designer too um, and I think that's why they going into and creating a logo is, is such an important process, no matter what. Um, we're looking at it here and breaking it down very critically and from a very professional mm. point of view. But the guy who lives down the road and wants to go buy two or three different brands of margarine, you know, what's the yeah. first couple of things that's going to grab him? Yeah. Mm. Color, probably. If you didn't know, if you didn't know any of these three brands. What's the first couple of things that's going to go to? It could be it's just very person specific, like mm. whatever. Type yeah, exactly. Is. So. But then from a non-designer perspective, from my side, like I look at one example, which I'm always like, it's, and Dan, like Daniel Walsh kind of put me onto this. 
whenever we're traveling and stuff when we're looking for coffee if ever you see a coffee shop that has kind of a hipster or like a well-designed logo then there's a good really coffee. good chance that that coffee is going to be good yeah. and just automatically like i remember in thailand dan was like dude i think i found the coffee spot and literally we hadn't tried the coffee but we went specifically to one go. place you when see? it opened because it had a cool logo had the coffee ah, it's good good coffee <laughs> it's like weird how appropriateness of it walking in croatia and i wanted to grab dinner and there's all these fancy ass restaurants and there's one place called i think it was called 5050 um champagne and um burger bar and it's like on a roof of something and all, their branding was also like really slick and i walked right in there and i bought myself a burger and it was just a case of you know it looked dope got there and the people were dope and i guess it's you're the market for I a dope logo though <laughs> 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 I also think it's a case of like we are, we are pack animals as human beings. At the end of the day, some people are attracted to certain things, and that's where they'll find the people that you know they are attracted to or the mm. coffee they enjoy, and you know that's just kind of the way to go. Which I think it's a case of you know if you're gonna get a designer to do your logo, get a designer that's someone that you know does the type of work that you also like. So again. so i think it's important if you're going to get a designer to design your logo look for a designer that whose logo and work whose logos he's done before and work he's done before you actually like because you know at the end of the day it's all very opinionated it's you know creative space so if you get something that you like you're going to attract the type of people you want to work with just by hiring someone that does the type of work that you know but you i think i think what's enjoy. interesting there that you said is when you're looking for a designer look at the past work he's done look at the logo and look at the company he did the logo for mm. and then maybe you know if you've got the time go look at that company and research about them mm. and see how well that logo plays to their company because i think yeah. that's important when getting a designer make sure he understands your brand like yeah i'd rather have a designer that's like you know understands us to the t and isn't maybe as good as another designer who doesn't give a shit about our shit but Absolutely. he's really good yeah but he'll just give us like a no heart or soul to it mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting if you're a designer and a project comes through the door don't put stuff in your portfolio that you don't want to be doing logos for I mean at the end of the day yeah you, just, you know sometimes you need to grab a job to get a job done or you need this or that but if you're going to be creating super corporate logos but you want to do more creative work then don't put that do, some, put do, some, fake logos. do yeah. some free creative work Definitely. make fake logos like and put that in your portfolio and use that as your as your face because at the end of the day your work is the face of your brand as well yeah because you, you got two options there you can either showcase 10 of these corporate logos that you've done the likelihood is you're going to get more, more corporate, corporate more corporate clients <laughs> two corporate logos and eight of your personal favorite designs that you've done and the likelihood mm-hmm. that hopefully yeah, you'll get hired a huge to shift. do more yeah because i mean the last thing and i think but i think that's like a lot of a lot of things that um designers designers finally get themselves into this rut and they can't figure out why now they, they're involved in um, baby this, commercials. You know, but but essentially it's, it's, it's that what you projected out to the world that was your brand and now they see you like, oh, look, he, oh, he does financial stuff. Oh, I guess we can get him to do our financial and logo. That across the and that's going to happen. And all so, creatives. Like, you yeah. know, if you're a filmmaker, don't go what's showcase too much of your corporate shit if you don't want more corporate shit. shit. If you want more corporate <laughs> shit, like, yo, do it. For sure. You got to pay bills, of but course. But they pay better, yeah. unfortunately, as well. Yeah, yeah. So just so. land them, take it off your portfolio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, just make sure they come back and keep coming back. Run but two um, portfolios, your creative one and your corporate one. Keep the corporate one under the covers unless you need a paycheck or a cash injection. And then, yeah, <laughs> keep the other one up there. 
that. I think it's interesting, like for instance, you know, we've got, for instance, a behind the scenes show that we don't put out there, but when we hit up clients directly, it's like, yo, look, here's our we behind the We actually have a behind the scenes show. Like, mm. So it's almost with that corporate work. Keep it undercover if you don't want to necessarily, but if you're mm. still direct marketing or talking to people, then at least you have oh, a body of appropriate work that they can relate to. Absolutely. Um, cool guys, I think on that, we pretty much have been bantering for quite a bit now. Uh, last, I guess, plugs, anyone? Holmes, what you plugging this week? Are you guys ready? It's going to be a lot different to all the other weeks, even though I don't think there's been many. Oh, here it comes. Follow at Herman. <laughs> <Instagram. laughs> we done with this. We done with this. Um, uh, as always, I think um, just a big shout out to everyone to remember that uh, the selects.co.za that's still going. If you guys have any uh, uh, any work that you've done recently, f- photographs that you've taken, please don't hesitate. Send them through. Forms. Um, yeah, send those through. Um, be heard. Get, if you disagree with everything and anything we said today, or voice your opinion, at least you know yeah, we're so always curious. We really don't. I, mm. I, I'm not a designer, so my logo talk might have been completely wrong. <laughs> but um, you know, if there's stuff that you don't necessarily agree, or you do agree, like yeah. hit us up, yeah. start the conversation. If you any interesting facts, I like interesting facts. So you know, send them through as well. Yeah, Holmes can tell us more stories on fonts, and <laughs> he, as you can tell, he's big on his little details like that. So. If you go follow him on Instagram at Herman Detoy, I might be plugging him wrong. And then you got me. You got me. At Herman Detoy, you can go read his poems and you know maybe share some other stories with him. He'd appreciate that. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. He's trying to get to like you know. But also, if if you do enter in selects, selects will also um showcase your work on Instagram. So true. If you want to get more viewership, submit. I'll I'll see your work on Instagram as well through the selects. So yeah, cool guys. Right. Nice one. Until next week. Cool. Yeah. Break, comment, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mic drop and we Dope. are out. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us.